Hello and welcome to another episode of Third and Goal podcast. Unfortunately, after two weeks ago, we had the first zero prediction out of three, um, which, as I tried to bring up last week, but Fred tried to stop me. It was Fred. Um, and I thought that might be why he said he was busy tonight, so he couldn't make it. But then he went and got the first 100% prediction and got all three right, which is the first time any of us have done that this, this season as well. Um, so I thought he'd, he'd be here, but unfortunately he can't make it tonight. Uh, Dan is back. Dan, how are you? I'm very well, sir. I'm missing Fred. I was looking, I missed the opportunity to have a go last week with his first zero and yeah. uh or the first zero of the season we've not uh none of us have stooped that low until fred did and uh, i bet he was still giving it how he's been top all year la da 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 right he was he was yeah don't yeah, worry i can imagine <laughs> <laughs> and now he's got the first three well we're probably never gonna hear the end of that either are we <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably oh, boy. yeah well we'll have to see what happens we'll have to keep it running yeah We've got to catch him at some point. I don't actually know. Have you had a chance to look at how the table's stacking up at the minute? I haven't. I will do it while we're talking and come back to you. How's that? I'm sort of fearing that I'm, I don't know, maybe you've caught me up and maybe we're equal or I might be fully bottom now. Um, but yeah. So, Bucks and Titans, one each for me and Fred. Fred was the only one with the Jets, and Fred was the only one with the Packers. No, me and you have... I have one. You have another big fat zero, Rob, and that's just dawned on me looking at it right now. Oh, wow. I hadn't even noticed it until then. No, neither did I. I thought I got at least one. <laughs> no. Nope. Everything I've said about bashing Fred for getting, for getting zero... Oh. <laughs> A little bit off air about his big plan to bash Fred for his zero, and um, you followed his zero with your own zero. So now, I guess I'm the only one without a zero. You know what that means? I've got to follow up next week with uh, with a three. With the three. So yeah, the standings are: I'll be on twenty, you'll be on twenty, and Fred will be on twenty-three, which means he'll at least have a share of the lead next week, no matter what. Damn it! Damn it! We can't let this carry on. We've been saying this every week. We can't let this carry Correct. on. Correct. <laughs> Um, right, last week then, um, I can't remember which way around it was. Did you have Pat's Titans or did you have no. Colts? No, I had Jets Texans last week. Did you? I'm pretty sure I did. Right, obviously, when I said to you, I've had a busy day and I'm, I've not, me uh, too, and I wasn't here. Um, on it last week, so it's uh, a tough I'm memory. Really underprepared, unless I've got it right and you've got it wrong. I'm pretty sure I did. It seems like the sort of thing I do is look forward to the Jets with the Texans, right? It sounds shockingly disgusting. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. I've just had a look back. Yeah, all right. Forget I said that then. Uh, Jets, Texans, then Dan, go for it. Um, well, it was kind of everything we expected, right? It was a shambles of a game. Um, Jets came out winners, which <clears throat> was a surprise for me. I predicted the Texans. I thought they were a team at least trending the right way. I think the Jets are the, 
probably the better team, but I think the way they've been playing the Texans maybe fancy the chances, especially with home field advantage. Um, it's also the first win that the Jets have had in Houston since 2010. Um, I know they played us three games, but they lost three before that. So um, it was a story of turnovers, is what I can gather from what I've seen. Um, Houston had four interceptions. I think the Jets had three interceptions. It was a case of neither side wanted the ball. Neither side wanted to win the game. Um, Texans only scored in the second quarter, 14 14 points on the board in the second quarter. Jets were a bit more consistent. I think that was the key difference. Field goal in the first. They put up eight points in the the second. Uh, Touchdown and a two-point conversion. Uh, And then a touchdown in the third and a field goal in the fourth. So... They only put up one score each quarter. The Texans only managed to put two scores up in one quarter. Um, the re-emergence of Tevin Coleman, though, was a surprise for me. Seems to be with Michael Carter going down for the Jets. Tevin Coleman has emerged as the, the running back one in New York, which 16 carries, 67 yards. I mean, since Tevin Coleman left San Francisco, I kind of thought he'd been forgotten about to some extent. Um, but potentially now for the rest of the year, he might have a chance to create a role there. Uh, as for the Parsons, as I say, it was just horrendous. The best rusher on the Texans was David Johnson, 39 yards. The best reception, 45, Brandon Cooks. Um, same on the Jets. Braxton Berrios, I think, was their leading receiver with 47. Elijah Moore, though, anybody that does play a bit of dynasty, the young guy there, he's shaping up very well this year. Eight targets, four receptions, 46 yards. I think you might have expected more against the Houston secondary, but the way both teams passed the ball, it, it was a mess. Did you see any of it? Um, no, not a, not a massive amount of it, just little bits on uh, on red zone, so it was flashing up. It didn't come up very often, did it? It wasn't a lot going on. No. <laughs> no, and that's the sort of, well, you probably don't expect it to either, do you? No. No, no. Well, sometimes in games when they're that bad, the defenses are just as bad as the offenses, right? So you, well, yeah. Sometimes they can be they can be good games, but um, no, it was neither team wanted to to win that game. There was a distinct lack of quality on both sides of the ball from both sides. Um, I picked it to try and I don't know, be a bit different. The teams people aren't talking about right now. It was going into our little prediction competition. I thought it could go either way. I just went the wrong way, I guess. So that backfired on me and you, didn't it? You benefited Fred. Yeah. Yeah, see, they're picking those games to try and uh, throw a spanner in the works. Works against you, though. I know. I picked two in two weeks and lost both of them. (laughs) (laughs) See what your uh, tactic is when we get to our uh, preview show. I'm going to have to go back to my safe bet. Pick a safe bet, get the point on the board and worry about who picks what else elsewhere, right? Yeah. And you two have both had a zero now, so... All I've got to do is keep picking the winners and I'll be fine. Yeah, it gives you a chance. Um, call it with me anyway and we'll both lost ground to Fred. So. so I'm going to be the Jets to your Texans. You guys can have threes and twos. I'm just going to every week put points on the board, steady and consistent. And talk us through the hair, mate. Talk us through the hair. Well, I'm going with that analogy as well because I don't think, I think Fred's been top all the way along. Yeah, uh, you cannot let him win it. No, definitely not. Um, oh, Patriots fan winning, can you imagine? Oh, oh. God. <laughs> um, 
The game I went for was Packers Rams. Um, rapidly losing faith in the Rams as a Super Bowl contender. Um, yep. I backed them during the off season and the early start of the season as a Super Bowl contender, as I've said on here and said to you guys. And I think they still could be. They've got the talent to be, but they've lost three in a row now. And yep. uh, something looks fundamentally wrong with them. Matt Stafford has been sloppy. He's thrown three pick sixes in three straight weeks. Yep. Um, not not three per game. <laughs> One per game. Um, the offense isn't working well as a whole. Obviously, they lost Robert Woods a few weeks ago, which is you know not good for them. Um, and the defense is perf- not performing like a the defence that you'd expect the LA Rams with the talent that they've got um, to be playing like. They're well-placed, make the playoffs, obviously, and they should do. Um, and maybe they can work things out in time. Mm-hmm. Playoffs where anything could happen. But right now, they don't look like the force that I thought they could be. Uh, Green Bay obviously moved to 9-3. and three. They're just one game back now on the NFC top seed, Arizona, after the Cards had a bye week. And they've got a three-and-a-half game lead of the Vikings in the NFC North. For the game, you spoke about turnovers. That's one thing that can really hurt you in a football yep. game. And uh, the Packers took advantage of multiple Rams turnovers to score points and keep the ball away from them. Um, at one point, there were three scores up before the 54-yard touchdown pass to uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Um, the Rams fumbled the ball. Stafford threw a couple of interceptions. One of them was a pick six. Um, there were four of 13 on third down conversions and uh, one on fourth down. The fourth down conversion was in the first quarter and they were in their own territory. And I can remember when it came up on, mm. and I was thinking like, why are you going on fourth down in, in your own half in the first quarter when the game's nil-nil and it just sort of smacked of a bit of desperation that we need to score in every drive and we believe we can get this first down and keep the ball away from Aaron Rodgers and they couldn't do it and uh, they did that a few times giving up the ball in in areas which you know hurt them yeah I had a look at the time in possession as well they had the ball for 20 minutes and the Packers had it for 40 um so when you, you you've not got the ball and when you do have the ball you're losing it fumbling it throwing interceptions throwing a pick six it's going to make a game really, really difficult. As one quarterback, you don't want to give the ball too many times and too much time on the ball, right? And that's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, definitely. We've said it all the time. that the, the team he's got probably isn't man for man the second best team in the conference. Yeah. Yeah, the results in the way he plays it and turns it out, they deliver. So. Yeah, and I read something interesting as well today that said, like, the, said that they're both two teams which have gone all in on trying to win a Super Bowl, but in different ways. And I can't really apply that to Green Bay. I can see why the Rams have gone all in. You look at... Well, the the Rams tweeted their self, didn't they, after signing Odell Beckham? Yeah. They actually tweeted their self a picture of a a poker player going all in. Uh, And since that tweet, they've been 0-3. Yeah. So I think their uh, November stats are 0-3, and the Detroit Lions are actually 0-2-1. (laughs) <laughs> through November so the Rams actually have the worst record in the NFL through November 
yeah, it's uh, it's not looking good for them. But um, you know they've gone out and got Von Miller as well, and you know they've made some big acquisitions. They don't yeah. like having first round draft picks. That trying to get proven players in the door to throw everything at it. And uh, what they were saying about Green Bay was their aversion to go out and splash the cash. And I guess they're all in in a way that they've got a roster that, you know, does keep finding itself at the top of the NFC, keeps finding itself in the playoffs without all these star-studded names. Obviously, look at wide receiver and they've got yeah. Adams. But beyond that, um, when you're looking at Lazard and Valdez Scantlin and Randall, they went out and got Cobb, didn't they, to satisfy Rogers? I think a lot of that was for. Um, yeah, and he does his job right. Let's face it. Um, obviously, in the off season, they re-signed Aaron Jones, which I think was quite key. And obviously, we've now seen the emergence a bit of AJ Dillon through the through the season. So, um, yeah, I guess they're all in. I guess was keeping both Rogers and Jones, and you know they got close last year, so. Yeah, they but they don't look at it the same way. And I think it's, you know, all in for me would have been out and them going out and saying, right, let's spend as much cap as we've got left to get the biggest names through the yep. door that we can. Let's trade our draft picks to try and get, you know, more players through the door. And um, they don't do that. I think they're quite sensible in what they do and they're not star-studded like some teams, but they're... You know, it helps when you've got Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, I guess, but they just quietly go about the business and they're at the right end of of the uh, NFC every year and get into the playoffs. So, wow. um, yeah, next week for the Rams, they're playing against the Jags. You expect them to not go not in four, in four weeks and get a win there. But <laughs> I guess you can't really count that as a game where you're saying, are oh, the Rams back because it is the Jags. Um, the week after that, they get another crack at the Cardinals. So that'll be a good gauge of, you know, really where they're at and whether they're capable of trying to turn things around. I think the Packers schedule now, relatively kind to them in the hunt for the top seed in the NFC. They've got the Bears, Ravens, Browns, Vikings and Lions. Um, so, yeah, did you see much of that one? Only highlights, obviously, being a, a late game. Um, Devon Adams looked. He's good, you yourself, Aaron Rodgers there. The Rams just, and then they're failing to deceive. Van Jefferson looked good. They brought OBJ. And when you see how Van Jefferson's performing at the minute, you kind of think that they really need to do that. Um, I know they lost Robert Woods, and I guess some of that was a, a trigger reaction from Robert Woods getting injured. Um, and maybe, yeah, having OBJ on the field means he gets covered, which frees up Van Jefferson. So you have the other knock-on effect of that, I guess. Um, I mean, let's not forget the Rams lost Cam Akers as well at the start of the season. So potentially that would have been a big key piece of their offense. And I just feel that probably coming into the season and even four, five, six weeks into the season, there was so much expectation going into LA, especially with the home Super Bowl and obviously Tampa done it last year. Did they? No, no one's mentioned. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> um, I can go back over it again if you want. No, it's all right. It's no, that's what I thought. <laughs> but yeah, it just feels like they're almost trying too hard. If that's a thing, do you know what I mean? I don't know. Tampa had it last year that they were winning games but not playing wonderful football, and we just had to get in the playoffs. I mean, almost we knew we were getting a wild card because we was ahead, but the division was gone to the Saints, so. We sort of looked at starting to plan for the playoffs then. We looked at 
they started strategizing gameplays and um, things like that early and still in the season before we even got to wildcard weekend. So I think the Saints, two games back in the division now, I know they've still got the cards to play, but I think they're probably going to have to take a similar approach. With their remaining schedule, they'll probably win enough games to be sure of a wildcard spot. Seahawks, Vikings aren't looking wonderful. And the Jags, as you say, there's three wins there for them. So I think they'll be okay. Um, but yeah, I think they need to start looking in, in-house at what they can do now to make the playoffs benefit them like Tampa did last year. They yeah. know they're going to have to go on the road. They know it's not going to be at home now unless they make the Super Bowl. Exactly the same position Tampa was in. Yeah. And the difference talk, is, go on. Talking about Tampa, I was just, unless you've got anything else to well, say. I was going to say the difference is Tampa finishes the, the five seed last year and went to Washington winning the NFC East. And it was a dreadful division last year. The Rams at this stage would have to go to Dallas. And that Dallas team is a damn sight better than Washington was last year. Yeah. So the, the quality of opponent there becomes a, a little bit different. A little yeah. bit different. So but we'll see. They'll make the playoffs. They just need to you know, look inside. But yeah, three AFC West teams making the playoffs as things stand. Yeah, NFC West team. So yeah. Anyway, talking to the Bucks, you were saying? Yeah, um, that was Fred's choice. Um, he's not here to talk us through it, but I'm guessing you watched it. I did. Did you? No, I was watching the. You were you kicked off at six o'clock, didn't you? We did this week. Yes. So I was watching another team. <laughs> uh, <coughs> uh, okay. So I have not seen much of it at all. I just caught the little okay. end of it. Let me tell you now, then, and tell anybody who hasn't seen it that's listening, go and try and watch it. It literally was the best game of football I've seen this year across any teams. It had everything in it. Um, a bad start by Tampa. I mean, it was a dreadful first quarter, to be honest with you. Um, box score was 3-0 Indy after the first quarter. It was two teams, almost like boxers in a ring, trying to suss each other out, trying to get a run game going, trying to see what the looks were, what the defense looks they were giving them were. Um, Sprang into life a little bit in the second quarter when Colts got a touchdown, first of all. Obviously, Julian. Everybody had Julian down for a 62-yard touchdown, didn't they, in their, their fantasy scores this week, right? Um, we threw an interception. Brady for another interception. It was, he had two at one stage. and It looked to be against us. They, they counted on that and scored a touchdown again. So, you know, we are in a hole at that stage. Um, and then Leonard Fournette decided to boot up. He got a touchdown just before the half. We was watching it with other people I know, and we were we were gutted at that stage. We didn't have the ball to start the second half because we thought, you know, if you can get that score, which we did with 18 seconds to go, and then come back and get the ball, we were tied game. Um, as it happens, the Colts come out, run a couple of plays, uh, and then we were forced to fumble. Uh, and we took advantage of that as well. It was actually a yeah, we forced the fumble and we took advantage of it with a touchdown. None other than that man Leonard Fournette again. So, you know, we're, we're back in the game at this stage, 21-24, single-score game. Um, the very next player drive for Indy was the interception. Um, 
which was Antoine Winfield. Have you seen that? Yeah, I'm not, no. Okay. Wentz looked for a deep ball to Michael Pittman. And Winfield running from behind him. Hard to explain. Literally jumps up and reaches over Pittman's head and catches the ball in front of Pittman without touching <laughs> Pittman whatsoever. It's so easy to jump into him and have a, a PI or something like that. But he jumps clean up and over and reaches over his head and takes the ball. Pittman stood there, you know, with his arms out in front of his chest, waiting for the ball to drop into the pocket. And Winfield's hands just come over his head and take the ball before it drops there. Um, it, it was, it's one of the best interceptions I think I've seen. Especially when on the record Pittman is down as six foot four and Winfield is registered at five nine. He gave up a huge height advantage to him as well, running from behind him to leap up and grab it. That for me turned the game. Obviously to come out and have get back in it interception, get back in it, fumble. It it just really put the momentum on. Um Fonot obviously went on to have four touchdowns in the game. Uh, a match what Jonathan Taylor did the week previous. Um, but yeah, the second half was the best Tampa have played since that momentum run that we had into the playoffs last year uh, and through. Both sides of the ball, we've got some injuries still um, that are gradually starting to come back healthy now. Uh, Gronk was back. Gronk had a really good game. Um, seven catches for 123 yards. So, so Gronk's back. Um, but yeah, no, it had everything in the game, including Tampa scoring the touchdown to go ahead with 20 seconds remaining on the clock. Seven points ahead. You think we're all done. We kick the ball off. And in true Tampa fashion, the kickoff return goes back to our 30. Like they've got 20 seconds on the clock and they're down the touchdown and all of a sudden they've got 18 seconds on the clock and only 30 yards away. Yeah. <laughs> How on earth have we allowed that to happen? Um, <clears throat> as it is, Wentz tried to throw it and it, it got intercepted, but it, it wasn't a, a major play. But yeah, we were just watching it going, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I did see that actually on Red Zone after I flicked over off the Falcons game and I can remember seeing that kick return and at one point, with the camera angle, it looked like it was going all the way. By everybody, it was the way. <laughs> yep, it, it really did. And yeah, seriously, because of that, with the the BM ten points behind at the half, the tight start, the the feeling each other out, um, the comeback, the interception, and then that chance that the Colts sort of tried to generate there in the last second. It, it really was a game that had absolutely everything, as well as quality on both sides of the ball. Brady, Fournette, um, Jonathan Taylor on the other side. It, there was quality on that field. Um, the polar opposite to the Jets-Texans game. Yeah, I don't know what your thoughts are. Like I said, I'm not, <clears throat> I was watching the Falcons. I've not had a chance to catch up on it yet. But yeah. what I'd read, I don't know how true it is or not. Um, they seem like after Jonathan Taylor's huge game against the Bills, mm-hmm. um, obviously he's a huge part of their offense. Um, but obviously the books have got one of the best, if not the best Russian defense in the league. And it, from what I've read, it sounds like maybe they came out trying to throw the ball and that they were looking to throw the ball more than run it because, um, because of the books, Russian defense. Did that happen or? 
No, I don't think so. I think if you was game plan and you looked at Tampa and how you could put points on them and beat them, you would probably say let's not even bother running the ball and let's throw the ball because the injuries in our secondary and things like that. Um, I think also that skews a little bit how good the Tampa defense is against the run because teams give up with it so quickly and so early. They're a good run defense. Let's not bother running the ball. Actually, looks really good in those things. We don't give up loads of running yards and the figures on paper don't quite reflect. Does that make sense? Yeah. <clears throat> so, yeah. You can't give up points or yards if people don't run on you. Yeah. And they're not trying to because we was okay at it. So, Jonathan Taylor, there, is op- there was plays where we sat the box and they would still hand off to Jonathan Taylor to run the ball. And there were times where he did and he didn't deliver on that. To be honest with you, he's an exceptional running back. I mean, he had 83 yards from 16 carries. It's over five yards a, an attempt. That's not a bad return for a running back in any form, uh, especially against one of the best. I mean, Tampa have only give up 100-yard game once this season, I believe. It was Antonio Gibson. So 83 yards from a decent running back in a game that was that tight and to and fro. I don't think it was that bad. I mean, Carson went through for 300 yards and three touchdowns. <laughs> You know, it's a fair day. It's a fair day. Um, yeah, Fournette got the headlines, obviously, but there was there was a lot of good things in that game from both sides. Indianapolis looked good and could easily uh, have beaten us if we hadn't switched on that second half. I say Tampa, the second half, and the best I've seen them since the Super Bowl playoff run last year. Um, Vita Vea lost a tooth. Have you seen that one? No, I've heard about it, but I've not seen it. He actually goes into a block. Helmet gets caught, rides up, two flies out, and then after the play's over, he's walking to the sideline. In a year, he's got the biggest smile and laugh on his face with blood just gushing out of his mouth. He's just going. <laughs> and he literally washed his mouth out for one play and went straight back in the very next play. And there's a picture of him afterwards with his tooth missing. That's where he got knocked out. It was just one of them games. It, it kind of had everything, you know? Um, yeah, I'd say, I know you're not a Tampa fan, obviously. But of all the games of football I've watched this year, it was the most entertaining game and one of the best quality I've seen on the field this year as well. Yeah. From both sides. Yeah, I'll have a look. And uh, it is on my list to try and watch back at some point when I get a bit more time. Um, Obviously, it was Thanksgiving as well. So happy belated Thanksgiving to anyone who is listening, maybe from across the pond or anything like that. First game... Um, not really much there to talk about. I don't think it wasn't a game I particularly enjoyed watching. Other than I was just hoping that the Lions would uh, get a win. They lost uh, 16-14. I did watch that one to the Bears, and it was so funny because the commentary team and the analysis team we have here at Sky and the studio were were trying to sell how tight it is and how exciting it is because the game's really tight and it could go either way and. It was a real hard sell, wasn't it? Yeah, I did not enjoy watching that at all. <laughs> it was a tough watch. And yeah, yeah, you think I can sit down at 5.30, 6 o'clock, whatever it is on a Thursday and put live football on and this is going to be great. And then you get a game like that and it just wasn't great. But the second game, um, which was the Cowboys. Total contrast, wasn't it? Yeah, um, and I don't really know where to go with it. Um, 
It was entertaining, that's for sure. Um, but it was what... it had Derek Carr on the field. Yes, what, sorry? It had Derek Carr on the field. Wasn't oh, yeah. entertaining. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, of course, it was exciting. Um, <laughs> but the amount of penalties, 14 for each side, 28 in total. And it did seem like watching it, there was a flag every other play. And I know it, the officials have come in for some stick. Um, Anthony Brown had four PI calls against him. Um, beyond the penalties, 56-yard touchdown for Deshaun Jackson. Tony Pollard had a 100-yard kickoff return. Uh, Dak Prescott got 375 yards, but 209 of them came in the fourth quarter. Um, Dallas were without Cooper and Lamb, but still finished with 437 total yards. And uh, the Raiders did finish with a season high of 509 total yards. And then to top it all off, there was a brawl at the end of the game. So There was, yes. Yeah, completely different. Um yeah, and the uh, the Raiders came out on top of that one, 36-33. I'd have much preferred that one to be uh, to be on as the early game, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't see. I've got kids. So the early game, kids are up, finished in a bath time bed. I missed it all. It's a late game. I can sit there and watch it. Perfect for me. Yeah, well, yeah, we're different. That I've not got that problem. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, beyond that, any other games taking your eye this week, then? Uh, the bills that like they the bills that we expected them to look at like, or the Saints that like the Saints we hope they look like. Um, Eagles Giants was a surprising one for me. The Eagles just did not look good at all. I mean, Jalen Rager can't seem to catch a cold, let alone a football at the minute, which didn't help them. But other than a kind of garbage time touchdown late in the fourth, I don't think anybody really saw them losing to the Giants, did they? No, definitely not. And me and Fred spoke about this last week um, mm. and the Eagles team after, you know, they got a good win against the Saints the week before. And um, yep. they just seem to blow hot and cold, don't they? Uh, you'll probably remember when they beat the Falcons in week one. And uh, after the Eagles team of the year before, I was hopeful would be a decent opportunity for the Falcons to get a win in week one. And um, they absolutely destroyed us. And I said at the time, yeah. I don't think they're a great team, but they'll surprise people along the way. And they do seem to, you know, one week they can look like will beat us, and then the next week they look hopeless. Yeah. But, yeah, I think the way that they've been, they've been playing this season, I'd have expected them to have enough to go out there and beat the Giants. Um, Miami? Did you see much of that one? Did you see much of Miami? Um, no, I didn't. Beating Carolina 33-10. Cam Newton um, was five completions off 21 attempts with two interceptions. Uh, there was a stage where he had two completions to his own team and two completions to the other team. Uh, and he ended up getting pulled and benched for PJ Walker, who's back. The XFL star. <laughs> <laughs> Well, not being funny, they keep putting PJ Walker in, and PJ Walker isn't any good. They just don't seem to realise that anybody else they've got isn't any good either right now. Um, I don't quite know where where the Panthers go from here. PJ Walker, Cam Newton, Sam Darnold—none uh, of them are the answer to the question they've got. I don't think. 
And obviously um, now Christian McCaffrey's out for, for the rest of the season. He is, which which is a shame from a fan's point of view, right? Um, I like to see Christian McCaffrey. We, I guess, suffer more than most being in the NFC South because we have to play him twice, not once. And he hurts teams, but... Yeah, we're all fans of the sport, right? And you'd sooner, when you sit and watch it, watch the best players play. Um, and he's without doubt that. But on the flip side, fourth win in a row now for Miami. That talk of coming into the season, how they could be making the playoffs and contending. And we all kind of laughed at it a little while back, it seemed. Um, well, right now, they're not a million miles away from the playoffs now. So five and seven. They're just a game out off LA. Um, they've got a decent schedule kind of, they've got the Giants, then they buy a week and then they've got the Jets. Saints team, which started looking wonderful. Titans are down with injuries in the last week. The Patriots, who may well have wrapped up the division by then anyway. So I think there's a good three, possibly four wins in there. So I think the, the Dolphins are going to fancy a shot at this. I mean, if they get four wins, get to nine, it's going to be about the line of where it is, isn't it? It might come down to like a strength of schedule type setup, but they, they really seem to have picked up some momentum. The defence looks like it's back where it should be, where it was expected to be. Um, it's a shame because we can't moan about them anymore. But, you know, yeah, they're, they're, they're looking like a better side right now. I mean, Panthers and Dolphins are both set at five and seven. There's only one of them teams making the playoffs. It might help them with the AFC, not the NFC. But there's only one of them teams making the playoffs. Yeah. Um, Bengals obviously blew out the Steelers 41 10. Mm. Um, looks like you know the Steelers' time at the top of the uh, of the AFC North is definitely coming as, to an end with the as uh, done as Ben's knees are, yeah, yeah, with the emergence of the Ravens and the Bengals as well. Uh, you know, Joe Burrow had a Decent, decent game. Twenty of twenty-four hundred ninety yards, one touchdown, one interception. Um, ben, twenty-four of forty-one, two hundred sixty-three yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Um, you look at Najee Harris; he's had a great rookie season so far, but he only got twenty-three yards on eight carries. Um, and yeah, just not a good day at the office for the Steelers there, um, and they're. Two games back now on the Bengals in second, and three games back on the Ravens, who are top of the AFC North. Um, some of the games around there, Washington got a very close win, 17-15 over the Seahawks. I've seen things today about Pete Carroll and you know whether his time is going to come to an end there. I don't know how much there is in that. Well, yeah, Seals at three and eight is probably way off where many expected them to be, right? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I was just having a look. Did they just play Washington? Yeah, I had them at six and whatever that record would be. Six and five, six and four. Oh well, yeah. no one yeah. here. <laughs> uh, well for them, uh, another AFC North matchup: the Ravens beat the Browns in another. One score game that was 16 10. Uh, the Ravens right. are interesting for me right now because they're not looking good, but they're finding ways to win. Do you know what I mean? They, they, 
they've got enough about them and enough experience that they can grind that out. I mean, the Browns team had four interceptions. So the Ravens had four free possessions effectively in that game, and they still only won it by six. But they still won it. Yeah. Seems like they've gone way around, haven't they? As well. But, um, so, yeah, it was Lamar through four interceptions. Yeah. And the did. Browns couldn't win it. But that, like, I don't even know how to describe it, that throw where he just, like, sort of looks up into the air and just slings the ball, like, like he's just hoping it's going to land somewhere. And then uh, Mark Andrews just catches it with one hand. Was Yeah. Yeah. There's a, a picture, a gif, a meme, whatever you call them, where he's got him just chucking the ball. He ain't even looking. He's going, yeah, Mark Andrews is down there somewhere. Yeah. So... It literally was that. It was a, it was a Jameis Winston throw, if ever I've seen one, right? Just chuck it out <laughs> and see what happens. So... Yeah, but that catch was, you know, that catch was incredible. Um, yeah, sure was. Another one out there, Patriots-Titans. Uh, Patriots won six in a row, Titans. Lost He's not it. here. He's not here. Fed's not here. Yeah, I'm just going to skip over it. I'm not going to give it... Well, obviously. no, I wasn't. I was actually going to give the Patriots a little bit of kudos while Fred isn't here to revel in the smugness. Oh, it'd be, yeah. I, can, I can just imagine him sat there now smirking. Their last three home games, the Patriots have outscored their opponents 135-33. to 33. It's a 102-point differential over three games at home. The Titans are going to be a playoff team. Yes, they've got no Derrick Henry, no Julio Jones, or no anybody, to be honest with you. Um, they're suiting up whoever's making tea at lunchtime at the minute, I think. But the Patriots still come out and beat them. They still delivered. And Let's be honest, the Patriots aren't exactly loaded with talent. We wouldn't have said that before the year no yeah they've got that train rolling and it's moving and they're top of the AFC East and I don't know what it's like being a fan of a team in the AFC East but I think NFL fans in general are fed up of the Patriots being top of the division and in the playoffs and so on for the last however long it's been if you're a fan of the team in the AFC East, you must really damn hate them, right? Because even now <laughs> when they're not good, they're still chugging along and still top of the division. It's like, what have you got to do? So, yeah, Fred, if you do listen to this, that is the most kudos your Patriots are getting. But they look a damn sight better than I thought they would at this stage of the year, that's for sure. And they're only getting better at the minute as well. Yeah, they do for me as well. Uh, after winning six straight, the Titans have now lost Three in a row, is it? Uh, yeah, like you said, they've got no one. All their best offensive players are on IR, it seems. Um, and the Pats are just going from strength to strength. They've won six straight themselves now. Uh, plenty of talk about Mike Jones being the best rookie quarterback so far. Mm-hmm. Don't can argue with that. Um, not That's not to say he's going to have the best career out of all of them. Um, but he's performed really well so far this year. Um yeah, where do the Titans go from here? They've got a two-game lead over the Colts in the AFC South. Um, with Derek Henry <coughs> and now AJ Brown out, the three key personnel to be missing from your lineup. They've got a bye week this week, and I think they're literally going to limp into the playoffs. Yeah, uh, just look at their schedule. I think they will, purely on the basis of who they've got. Yeah. They come out of the bye with the Jags, the Steelers, 
and week 18, the Texans. So you'd expect them to win those three, and that will leave the Colts needing to win every game. Colts have got Texans, they've got a tough Patriots game, they've got to play the cards. So, um, yeah, I think the Titans still win the division, but... They've put themselves in a in a position where they can make the playoffs even, though they're now playing poorly. I'm sure they'll say because of all the, the key players they've got missing. Um, I don't know what the situation is with uh, AJ Brown, but I think there was a slight glimmer of hope that Derek Henry could make it back for the playoffs, was they? And, um, you know, right now, if you're a Bills, a Bengals, a Chargers, a Colts, the Titans are the team you're going to want in the playoffs. Yeah. You're definitely. not going to want the Ravens. You're not going to want to go to New England and you certainly don't want to go to Kansas. The Titans are the team you're going to want to face. And looking at it, where we are week 12, the Bengals, the Bills, the Chargers and the Colts all beat that Titans team as it stands right now. Yeah. So I mean, let's hope they, for their sake, they can get somebody back fit and healthy for them. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Even if they do get them back, how fit are they going to be to actually play a yeah. game? Um, but yeah, other than that, um, I think the only games not covered, 49ers beat the Vikings 34-26, Broncos beat the Chargers 28-13, and the Falcons beat the Jags 21-14. I'm not going to talk about that because it was dreadful. Uh, <laughs> we'll waste anybody's time talking about that. We've got to win. Uh, Fair. And yeah, that's what happened. Um you're still only a game back out of the playoffs as well, mate. I know. It's so, yeah, strength for schedule. You, yeah. Just quickly, you've watched a lot of football like I have. Are the Falcons this year the worst five and six team we've ever seen? Yes. I actually think they probably are as well. Yeah, and I didn't mean that as a dig or anything. I genuinely probably believe they are the worst. Five and six team that I've seen for a number of years, at least that I can recall. Which I think is a credit to Arthur Smith, really, and um, he's been lumbered with a mediocre roster, crippled by cap space, mm-hmm. and we only won four games all last year. Um, him and Terry Fontenot have had to, you know, draft smartly and. Bargain basement free agents, and you look at you know Cordell Patterson is one example of someone who's you know more than earned his money this year, and yeah. um, is likely to be in for a big payday, which unfortunately uh, the Falcons will not be able to afford, um, which is sad. Um, but yeah, I think to have won five games already with plenty of football still to play, with the roster they inherited, the cap space they inherited. Um, I think they've done a good job, but yeah, worst five and six team that I've ever seen. I don't think I can probably do with that. No, fair enough. We'll see. What, and if we sneak into the playoffs, then we'll be an easy, uh, easy opponent for somebody. I'd imagine if he gets that far. Yeah, I'd but, bet you fancy the Cards, the Packers, the Cowboys, all to be you wouldn't be with this. <laughs> Yeah, I think, you know, if we get to the playoffs, it's one extra week of watching the Falcons on TV. That's all it is. <laughs> Fair. Um, and turning it off at half-time, probably. Fair enough. 
But that's fair. Yeah. But you're above the sights. The what? You're above the sights. Yeah, that's always good. Anything else to add, Dan? No, I'm good. Thank you for giving us free, Rob. Cool. Well, we'll wrap up our week 12 review there. And uh, thanks for listening. And don't forget to check out our work week 13 preview, which will be released the day after, or yeah, two days after on Thursday. Uh, we'll get that out there. Thanks for listening.